But God is so good. God is so good that we do not allow distractions to distract us from what God has called us to do. You don't let a temporary setback or temporary circumstance draw you off sides of what God has called you to do, who God has called you to be. We don't let a temporary setback hold us back. My God, he's an awesome and mighty God. He is a loving God. He is a merciful God. He is the lover of my soul. Can you say amen? Uh, Brian, I'm gonna ask you just for a little bit more um, monitor. So there's a couple of things that I wanna do uh, along with something I wanna make, make you aware of. I wanna challenge you, uh, you are considered uh, the disciples of this ministry. And I, I value your faithfulness to this ministry and, and, and your support of this ministry. We are in a growing phase, as you can see, we're launching and growing. And so I'm gonna challenge each one of you, each one of you that's watching, to be the net that Peter threw out to catch the fish. I'm gonna challenge you in your perspective places, not only that you would support and that you would post us on social media and, and help promote and get the word out, but also in your daily walk, uh, if you encounter people, you know, um, I know we don't really talk to people as much as we used to, which is odd. I'm used to walking by somebody and saying hello or greeting them and saying good morning. Now these people just walk by and they don't say nothing at all. But I don't think that just because the world is changing, you have to change. You can always be a kind, nice person. A good morning never bothered anybody, even if they don't say anything back. But in your daily walks, I'm gonna ask you, you know, to invite three people, at least three people uh, to church, to your church. If this church has been a, a blessing to you, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, invite at least three people. You know, that you can do it via text, you can do it in person, you can do it however you want to do it. I, that's up to you. But at, at least three people, invite them to church and head up, help us spread the word um, about Grateful Heart Church and get the word out. I'm excited. The reality is that, that the word is out, and I, but I need your help to further get it out. And, and we, my wife and I were at a pastor's conference a few weeks ago and we couldn't barely walk for five minutes without somebody telling us uh, that uh, they've been watching the ministry and, and how much they admire the ministry and they've been supporting the ministry and, and viewing it and, and uh, just talk about how excited they are for this ministry. So uh, I'm excited about what God is doing. I believe God is about to pour the oil out on this ministry in a supernatural way. We've already got oil, but it's about to get real greasy in here. Can you say amen? Real, real greasy. So help us, help us. My brothers, I want you to mark your calendars down June 10th. June 10th. It's going to be a day of fellowship for us June 10th at 10 a.m. Or 10, 10, 11, one of those two. It's in my head. should be on a piece of paper. Um, but mark your calendars, I'll confirm that time. We're gonna have a moment, uh, uh, 
a few hours of fellowship. Um, I'm gonna bring my pit, and we got a basketball court for those of you who feel young enough to play and old enough to dream. Uh, but uh, you can go do what you want to. I'll sit on the bench and watch you. And, uh, there's also, uh, at the park we'll be at, they have pickleball, uh, which is just a short net version of tennis, if you ask me, but uh, ooh, nobody asked me. Um, but there's all sort of activities, but it's, a, it's gonna be a real moment for us to uh, get together and to fellowship and to talk about what it takes to be a man nowadays. Because your perspective of manhood changes as each decade rolls on. You know, uh, it's hard to imagine that in your 20s because you just know how life is gonna turn out. You got everything lined out. And then God's like, nah, I got something else. Watch this. So, uh, June 10th, we also have another um, opportunity to volunteer with the North Carolina Food Bank. And that's coming up June 3rd, June 3rd, June 3rd. And make sure you watch us online. Most of you all do uh, our website and uh, our social media. You can keep up with what's going on here at Grateful Heart Church. One thing I wanted to make sure I announced this Sunday morning, which I'm super excited about, is from day one, February 12th, uh, our first service, I wanted to make my first mission, the first goal of this church is to find stability. Find stability. We went to Herbert Young, we went to the Sheraton, we went to Haley, and I thank God for the Haley Cultural Arts Center in Apex. It's, it, it, it served its purpose, it blessed us mightily. But the Lord has opened a door for us. We're here in this auditorium at Green Hope High School. And so you no longer have to wonder where we're gonna be because we're gonna be here for the next year. Praise God. Praise God. One whole year, a minimum of one whole year. You should get excited about that. A minimum of one whole year. God is opening doors for this ministry. You should praise God. The favor of the Lord is resting on this ministry. The favor of the Lord is resting on this ministry. Let this ministry be an example. Let it, let it be a forerunner for what God is going to do in your life. Doors no man can open. Doors no man can shut. God is, uh, is favoring us. And because you're connected to this ministry, I'm believing that the same oil is going to flow down to you and that the favor that is on this ministry is going to find you in your house, it's going to find you at work, it's going to find you in your family. The favor of God is on this ministry. Where well, I had a meeting with the school board this week and we got to talking about just going through the summer. And I said, you know what, I, I want to be honest with you. I want to talk about going further than the summer because I don't want to get to September and be looking for another place to to sit and they said, okay, well, what do you think? And I said, I at least want a year. And they said, okay, not a problem at all. I mean, it was like I asked them for uh, another week. They said, not a problem at all. 
And that's the favor of God that I am believing on your life. I am believing God that as he opens doors for this ministry, you're going to see doors open in your house, doors open in your life. Things that were stopped up, things that people said were impossible. You're about to see a deluge. You're about to see a flow. The spigot is opening. God's anointing is flowing. And I believe that for you, that this ministry is an example that God is about to do something supernatural, crazy in your life. Wait, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The ministry hadn't even been open. We haven't even been here six months yet, but already locked in a facility for one whole year. I don't think you understand how excited I am because most ministries are struggling to find a place. They're meeting in community centers like we did, and they've been meeting there for years. But the Lord worked it out to where we got a school auditorium. And I prophesy to every seat in this auditorium, you will be filled. The glory of the Lord is going to fall, and I prophesy, I speak to it. I speak to you watching online. We got plenty of seats for you. You no longer have to be afraid if we don't have enough seats set down. The seats already have been set. 610 is our number. That's the number that it takes to fill this place. 610. And that's what I'm believing God for. That every seat in here is going to be filled. Everywhere you see an empty place, God's going to fill it. In your life, everywhere you see an empty place, get ready. God's going to fill it. stress it is because you got to understand the other facilities were owned by the city and they couldn't tell me more than a month in advance if I would have the facility or not so I was stressing okay do I have, do we go here for two weeks go somewhere else for two weeks do I not have to send an alert I don't want you to get confused where we at this week that's why we send a message out every week I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to go to one place. And some people went to other places, got frustrated, and they didn't come to the new spot. But the Lord said, at least the next 12 months, don't worry about it. At least the next 12 months, I'm going to give you stability in an unstable world. Stability, steadfast, immovable, always abounding. Let the winds come. Let the storms come. They got to find us right here every week. Let every hater know this is where we at every week. Every week. This is where we're planted. This is where we're going to grow. This is where you're going to see the power of God fall. This is where the Lord favor. 30 seconds. Come on. 
30 seconds. If you can't dance, you can shout. If you can't shout, you can wave. If you can't wave, you can at least wiggle a toe. But let everything in here that have breath, let everything watching online, let everything. If you got breath, that's your commandment. Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Come on. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. This for your church. 30 seconds. This for your family. 30 seconds. This for your family. This for your job. This for your career. 30 seconds. Come on. season. He's a burden lifting God and I am thankful, thankful, thankful that he would just open up this, this favor, this avenue, this channel, this channel. Thank you, Lord. He told me to repeat it. I prophesy to you. As you see these empty chairs, there's going to be something Somebody to fill it. As you see emptiness in your life, God's going to fill it. Wherever you see emptiness, that is a prophecy to you. That is the word of the Lord to you. That the form filling, the void filling God is going to fill every empty spot in your life. Every empty place in your life, God's going to fill it. He's too much of a God to walk by emptiness and not fill it. He's too much of God to walk by an empty place and not fill it. He's too much of God to walk by a void and not answer it. He is God and God alone. He is the filling God. He cannot come into a space and everything in that space not be filled. If there's an empty cup, it's going to be filled with God. If there's an empty bucket, it's going to be filled with God. If there's an empty heart, it's going to be filled with God. He is a filling God. Wherever there is emptiness, he sweeps in and he fills it. My God. 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. Second Corinthians, I almost feel like I don't have to preach. Second Corinthians 12, verse 6. Familiar passage. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth. But now I forbear 
lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Can you say amen? amen. Every head bowed. Father, in this moment, we beseech you, Lord, that you would speak to us. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Now, God, we pray that you would come in today. You're already here. I pray, God, you will continue to speak to your people, God. I pray, God, you will continue to flow to your people, whether here in person or watching online. God, I pray for a supernatural flow to happen. Somebody came needing a direct word, a rhema word from you. And I know you won't disappoint this morning or ever. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you for a few moments about the art of juggling. The art of juggling. I almost called you, uh, Brandon, this morning and said, hand me some circus music when I get a thing. You know, uh, then I almost thought about bringing an excellent juggling artist up here. Then I thought about learning how to juggle physically. And I thought, man, I better not do that. Lest the ball fall and then I get sued, you know. The art of juggling. As I mentioned in a previous service, I don't, know, I don't remember which one it was. I talked about my upbringing and what that was like. Uh, I was brought up in the holiness church, uh, apostolic um, approach. And then I went to a, a Baptist church and then from there to a, a non-denominational church. And the thing about it is I, I remember giving my life to the Lord as a young child. I remember having an encounter with God after coming from the altar, or being at the altar rather, and walking back down the aisle is almost an out-of-body experience. I can remember tears streaming down my face because I knew something had just happened. And I knew I had a touch from God. And I knew God had did something in my life. And I gave him my life and I gave him my heart and 
like many of us, I strayed away for a little bit, but then I came back to the Lord. Came back to the Lord in my teens and began preaching at 19. Um, and um, I began to serve the Lord, you know, and walk with the Lord. And, and as a young man, when you're young in age and young in, in your walk with the Lord, you're really zealous, right? You really have all this zealousness, this energy, this, this, this emotion. You want to tell everybody about the goodness of the Lord and tell everybody about what God has did. And then some of us, you, you got to be careful because some of us become a little judgy in that because you, you, you're trying to hit up and snatch people from the grips of hell and the devil. You want to tell them about this God that saved you and this God that liberated you and this God that set you free. And when you're in your beginning stages of walking with the Lord, you know, you begin to see miracles and things happen and you're amazed by it. And you keep going along and you tell people it's, it's really this easy. That's all it takes is this, this, and this. And you can, you can get your prayers answered. All you need to do is have faith. If you just have faith, God will answer prayers. If you just have faith, God will deliver you. And, it's, and so it sounds really, really easy because you're just walking into the faith. Anything that you're just walking into seems really easy at that time. And, and so as a believer, as a new believer, you find it really easy to, to get your prayers answered. And so you're zealous and you're telling everybody, just have faith, believe that God's going to do it. And it's, it sounds really simple. And then you keep going along in life and you pray about some things and God answers prayers and you pray about some things again and God answers prayers and you think it's easy. It's, it's, this is what it's about. But then there are some things you keep going along with and you pray about it and you keep walking and you don't really hear an answer. Say, okay, well, let me try that again. You keep walking and you pray about it and you try to, you, you tell yourself, I know God hurt me, right? I know he's a God that can hear, hear all. He sees all. I know he hurt me. Maybe this one just got lost in the fire. You know, there's a lot of prayers going on. Everybody in this room got a separate prayer going on. So I understand, you know, it's like a cell phone signal sometimes. Maybe the signal got lost. So then you pray about something else again and nothing. And then some people, they either keep walking with the Lord or they become cynical. And they no longer believe in the power and the might of the Lord. And they walk away. And they go back to their old nature. The reason why I call this the juggling act, and, and I won't be before you long, as it, uh, every preacher's lying, but I really do mean it is because when you came into this world, Paul says that we were by nature children of wrath. You came into this world, into sin, because of the fall of man, the fall of Adam. We came into this world children of wrath. You came in, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. You came into this world as a sinner. You don't believe that then ask yourself, 
why do little kids have a tendency to easily not tell you the truth when the evidence is right there? Did you take the food, the cookie, off of the stove? No, it's cookie crumbs all over your face. Somebody in here is either not telling the truth or maybe I'm crazy. So we came into this world as sinners. And then you had some problems, you gave your life to the Lord, some things went away. And so now you're trying to juggle between who you are in the flesh, right? Because this flesh don't change. I know the old school, I looked at my hands, my hands looked new, I looked at my feet and they did too. No, if you gave your life to the Lord at midnight, however that foot looked at 1158, is the same as gonna look at 1203, I promise, I, I swear, it, it's gonna look the same. That toe is looking the same. That hairline, sorry bros, is gonna look the same. That outward doesn't change because you give your life to the Lord, it's the inside. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. For the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So that, that inside man is changed. That inside man is delivered. That inside man is saved. Your spirit is saved. That body is not. So you're constantly at a war between what the flesh, the body wants and what the spirit of God is telling you to do. So there's always this tug of war going on between where you were, who you are by nature, and who God has called you to be. So now there's this tug of war. And then if that is not enough to deal with, then now here comes this struggle that you just can't seem to get rid of even as a believer. So the reason I call it a juggling act is because you got three different things you're juggling. Most time when we talk about juggling, we talk about between your family, your job, your career, your, your um, what's, that, what, what's the workplace balance? Work-life work balance. So now that's the new thing. When, when you look at in, uh, employers, they talk about work-life balance. And I can't come in uh, only for three days. I, I need to have a work-life balance. I need to be off Thursday and Friday so I can have work-life balance. I'm not talking about that. I'll let you deal with that another day. The juggle that I'm talking about is that the juggling between the old man, the new man, and the struggle that you gotta deal with that just doesn't seem to go away. And so, you feel like, I'm a believer, I prayed some stuff away, I got rid of some stuff, I was able to walk some stuff out, but there's just some things that's just not going away. And I'm a believer, but this one thing just seems to be staying. And how do I walk in the power 
and the authority of God when I got this thing lingering and just hanging on. And it's a juggling act. Paul, Paul, who, who wrote most of the New Testament, was prolific. He was a scholar. Paul was a scholar when he was out there uh, killing Christians. He was a scholar. He was a scholar who knew the scriptures, but still, like Saddam Hussein of the time, was murdering Christians. He was on his way to Damascus and had a, an encounter with God, with Jesus. On the road to Damascus, Jesus encountered him and blinded his eyes. And he said, how, how, how long are you going to kick against the prick? And changed his life. Now Paul began to then tell people about the Lord, and they didn't really want to hear from Paul at first because they were terrified, terrified of Paul. And so now Paul begins to write these epistles and, and Paul becomes this great scholar. And yet, with Paul talking about Jesus and, and trying to convince both the Jews and the Gentiles about this Jesus, he says, I had all these great revelations of God and still I had a struggle. And how do you be such a great believer and how are you such a, an incre a, a great believer a person of faith you've seen miracle after miracle happen you've prayed and you've seen other people healed and delivered you've prayed and you've seen other people get jobs and other people's family come together and still you as a believer you can't seem to pull it together in this one area and so you're trying to juggle between I don't want to go back to that old way because it seemed like that old way was easy because it was by the flesh. You live by the flesh. That's all you did was live by the flesh. Your body was not at war with your spirit because what the body wanted, the body got. Now you gave your life to the Lord and now you're trying to live by the spirit. And follow God. Your body doesn't want to. Your spirit is, is, is telling you this is what we need to do to follow God. And yet and still, your body is saying, what are you going to do about that struggle that you got? And your spirit is saying, believe God. And the old man is saying, we can fix this right away. Or your old man is saying, this is not working. And you got this juggling act. This makes sense, this is, this is okay. Paul said, I've seen these revelations from God and God allowed me to experience these revelations and he allowed me to see things and he allowed me to experience things in my life and you may feel that way. And he said, to keep me humble Lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given to me a thorn in my flesh. The messenger of Satan, lest I should be exalted above measure. 
seems, seems really odd that God would allow Satan to buffet your flesh. Seems a bit odd to keep me humble because of what I saw. You will put a thorn in my flesh. What's the thorn? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. There are different ideals. They talk about how, how uh, Paul was a boring speaker. And so one, one, some, some feel like that was because he was a boring speaker and he wanted to be more dynamic. Some say it was because of his stature. He was not easy on the eyes. So there's a, there a myriad of different ideals. He, they, some argue that it was a skin condition that he had. So there's a myriad of ideals as to what Paul's thorn could have been, but there's no way to really know because he didn't solidify and I'm glad he didn't solidify because had he been able to solidify it, had he spelled it out, then, then you could say, well, that's not my issue, so I don't have to deal with that. That's somebody else's issue. But he just lifted a blanket thorn because of what I saw, because of the exposure God has given me. You gave me a thorn? It doesn't make sense. Why would you give me a thorn? I saw all of this. I was able to do all of this work for you. Why would you give me a thorn? I'm working hard for you. I'm serving you. I'm writing your book. They're going to be talking about it for thousands of years. I am writing your book. I had an encounter with your son. Why would you give me a thorn? I got a few other people I can tell you who need a thorn. But why would you give me a thorn? The Lord said he did that because the human inclination is to allow your pride and ego to draw you away from God because of what God has done for you. He said, if I, just, if I just court blanche you, just give you blessing after blessing after blessing, and everything comes with ease, sooner or later, the human spirit will say, why do we need God anymore? The human spirit will say, you don't need him anymore. Look how well you're doing. So he said, you know what? I'm going to give everybody in this room the great equalizer. It may not be the same thing, but everybody in this room, whenever you get ready to reach for higher, there's going to be a little groan that you let out. Everybody in this room got that one thing. I guarantee you, you can pull it up in your mind. All I need to do is give you two seconds. That one thing that you no longer pray about because you just feel like, I guess this is my lot in life. That one thing that if you do think about it too hard, you have to fight the depression of, Lord, did you not hear me ask that you please get rid of this thing? This one thing, I, I will serve you better. I can do better by you. If you just take this thing from me, if you just make this this place better. If you just do this, I promise I can do better if you just help me. 
with this thorn. I'm going to do better. I promise you. It's like winning a lotto. Lord, if you let me win a lotto, I promise you. I got this I'm going to do, and I got this charity over here, and I'm going to do all of this. Lord, if you just take this thing from me, I promise. If you just fix this one thing, I promise. You ain't got to worry about me coming to church. I promise I'll be there every Sunday. You don't got to worry about me worshiping you in public. I promise I'll do it. If you just take this thing from me, this secret wound that when other people are laughing, I got to go in the bathroom and rebandage where the thorn is sticking. This secret thing that you will jump and cry and shout in church, but secretly would cry at home at night. And nobody knows that secret thing that if you're out with dinner, you're out to dinner and you're having a good time with your friends and the whole, the whole room is having a wonderful time, your mind will go back to that one thing that's bothering you and you'll be the only one in the room with the lights off in a well-lit room. That one thing, that struggle, that struggle that you just can't seem to get rid of, that one thing, if you just fix this, fix me. That's all I'm asking you to do. Fix me. Fix me. That's all I'm asking you to do. It doesn't seem like it's that impossible. You are the God of the impossible. You're the God that can do anything. You can do absolutely anything. You set the stars and the moon and the universe in place. You held the waters open at the Red Sea. All I'm asking you to do is fix this. I can be better and stronger if you fix this. I'm sick of going to bed every night thinking about this. I'm sick of it waking me up in the morning. I'm sick of it being my, my clock throughout the day. I don't need a reminder because it just reminds me all day long. Fix this. I'm sick of feeling like this. Here I am having this great revelation. And here I am having this horrible experience all at the same time. And how is life good over here? And I got enough good stuff over here. I can shout and dance and tear the church up, but I got enough hell over here. If I told you, we'll make everybody in the room depressed and we'll all be crying and we'll be frustrated about the same thing and we'll all have a pity party for each other and we'll, have, we'll take turns on seeing who can get the other one depressed because on one side is good, on the other side is hell. And Lord, all I'm asking you to do, take this thorn. Fix this. And nobody around you really knows the people you work with. They don't know. They don't see the juggling act you're trying to do the juggling act between where you're going, where you're being, and what you got to deal with currently. And you're juggling. 
The Lord told me to tell you, with all due respect, no offense to anybody, shut up. He said, the reason why I say that is because if you keep giving your attention to it, you are giving it more life than it deserves. You keep bringing it up. You got to ask yourself this question. Paul said, I asked the Lord three times to take this thing away from me. You got to ask yourself this question. Think, think with me. Three times I asked the Lord to take it away from me. It couldn't have been back to back because that don't make sense for you to say, I, I asked the Lord three times. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. Don't make sense. Why would you write about that? They seem like you, you're praying out of emotion, so it doesn't make sense. Paul was too smart for that. One stage of his life, Lord, take this thing away from me. I know you can. I believe you can. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm dancing. I believe in God. I'm going to put some money on the altar. In seven days, Lord, three days, you're going to take this thing away. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you just keep trucking along. Then another few more years, a few more months go by, and you say, uh, again, it's that cell phone signal. Sometimes we get lost. Uh, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Kind of asking for the same thing. I know I asked you for that back then. You know, I hate to be impatient. Kind of need this thing answered. Kind of would like an answer today if, if, if it's not too much of a trouble for you. If you're not too busy, come see about your boy. That's all I'm asking you just, you know. I would love this thing to be taken away. I would love to be fixed today. I would love to be healed today. And in fact, I would love to go to work the next day and tell everybody I'm healed. And Sunday, we're going to have a Holy Ghost good time because I got a testimony. And nothing. Then, I'm sure Paul, just like us, you say, okay, okay, look, look, let's be reasonable here. I've asked you twice. You're a great God, you're a loving God, you're a kind God, you're a caring God. But I've asked you for this twice, and I haven't heard back from you yet. I asked you for it twice, and I have yet to hear anything back from your office. And I see other people, they asked one, one time about that thing, and they danced around. And I, and, I, and I believe God with them, and I'm not being a hater. I'm not, I, I promise you, I'm not being a hater. I'm not being jealous. I want you to get your miracle. I want you to get your blessing. I want you to get your healing. But I've asked about that twice. So here we go. Take this thing away from me. Now in my Holy Ghost imagination, when God clears his throat and begins to speak, side note, 
Your God is a God that speaks directionally. He doesn't speak all the time. I know people say, God told me this, and God told me to find that park space. God is too big to just give you meager details for your day. That's the reason why he gave you the Holy Spirit. God, when God speaks, it's directionally. When God speaks, it's to move a thing. He's too powerful to tell you what color to paint your house. He's God. He's painting the skies. He doesn't care about what color you paint your house. That's your business. So I got to wonder, if it, is it right after that third or right before the fourth time that God says, <clears throat> my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough for you. I am going to show how strong I am by showing them how weak you are. I don't need you to be strong and I'm strong. I'm going to show you what I place down inside of you. This thing that, that, that you have been praying about was all a part of my setup because I'm going to show you how strong I am. But if I take it away, now you're relying on your own strength. And when will you ever rely on me again? I'm going to show you my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My strength is made perfect, meaning having no flaws. There's not a flaw in my strength for you. I allow that so I can show you how mighty I am. And in spite of the thorn, how blessed you are. In spite of the thorn, the great things that I'm going to do to you and through you. But just know, whenever you get ready to reach higher, there's going to be a slight groan. I've never seen anybody who does anything great for God without a groan somewhere in their life from a thorn. You're asking God to take the thorn? He say, okay, I'm going to take the greatness too. If you want to be great, and great just, does not just mean on this stage, great in your life, great as an accountant, great in whatever you want to do, there's going to be a little groan that comes with that greatness. As you walk up the stage and get your diploma and get your degree, there's going to be a groan with every step you take. I meant for you to have that groan. So people say, how did a person like you make it? It was his perfect strength. It wasn't me. It was his perfect strength. I, I got to point this out to you. Because I looked this up last night. He said that to keep me humble, he allowed Satan to come, a messenger of Satan, to buffet 
my flesh. That's an interesting word, buffet my flesh. Why did he say that? And I looked it up, and there are several definitions. When you look up buffet, it's the same as buffet, so you gotta keep digging it. You gotta go further. The third definition is to drive, to force, to move. To drive, to force, to move. God said, to drive you to your destiny, to force you and to move you to where I have you going. I had to put something in your life to buffet that flesh. I had to put something in your life to buffet your flesh for the destiny and the next place I'm taking you to. I want you to write this down. This is why. There's two things. God will often ask you to do something unnatural of your deficiency to prove his strength inside of you. He will often ask you to do something unnatural to your deficiency to prove his strength inside of you. It doesn't make sense for you to have that struggle and for God to take you here. But he's going to tell you, the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand, but my hand is withered. I didn't ask you the condition of your hand. I'm telling you, stretch out your hand, and the healing is going to come once you take me at my word and you stretch out that hand. You do something that naturally that withered hand should not be able to do. Stretch it out. This is something else too. You say, but it's uncomfortable walking with this thorn. It's uncomfortable doing this. It's uncomfortable. Comfort is the enemy to destiny. Your comfort is an enemy to destiny. Where God is calling you to, what God is calling you to do, you will never be able to do it comfortably. You'll never be able to do it comfortably. It's going to require some stretching. It's going to require you, a different you, ignoring how you feel. You care too much about your own feelings. It doesn't matter. Do it tired. Do it frustrated. But do it and fight back. Wipe the tears out of your eyes. He said, Paul, I'm not taking that thorn. I'm going to give you grace to deal with that thorn. Because there are some people who would have your thorn and would lose their minds. There are some people who would have your thorn and they would commit suicide. There are some people who would have your thorn and they would, they would uh, destroy their marriage. There are some people who would have their, your thorn and they would quit school. There are some people who would have your thorn and you wouldn't hear from them again. But I'm going to give you the grace to deal with that. That's the reason why you should not envy somebody else because you don't know the thorn they're dealing with. 
That's the reason why the Bible says compare yourself not to one another and so doing is not wise because you don't know the hell that she's fighting just to be her or the hell he's fighting, the internal battles that he's fighting just to get up in the morning and all you see is them with their hair drip, their hair combed and their clothes ironed but you don't see their back was riddled in pain trying to put a shirt on. All you see is them dressed up. All you see is them coming in here but you don't know all the way here they have to talk to themselves it's going to be a good day it's going to be a good day I'm going to be fine I'm going to be okay let me take my medicine did I take my medicine here did I do I, I need to set my alarm clock because I can't forget that medicine and Lord if you just take this thing away and I just need to take my medicine if I don't take my medicine baby don't let me forget take my medicine because if I don't take my medicine I'll have a reaction and let me make sure I can't just eat every food because if I eat every food I'm going to have a reaction and then I'll be sick so I got to live that lot in life and so other people are having a good time but you got to go to the bathroom and you got to check your glucose levels because some you got to check your blood and everybody else around you is having a great time and Lord if you just take this thing from me I want a marriage like that I want a family like that I want to be able to do that I want to I wish I could have that. Give me that, Lord. You don't know the hell that they deal with going home. You don't know what they're dealing with at home. I just want somebody in my life, okay. You get the wrong somebody in your life and it'll ruin your life. I just want her to be different, Lord. And if I make a difference, then what? You're going to ask, ask me for something else. I'm going to give you the grace to deal with where you are. I'm going to give you the grace to deal with where you are. And many people are not going to understand the juggling act that you're doing. It's the art of juggling because there's some days you feel stronger than you do. There's some days you gotta force a smile on. There's some days you drive down the road and when you get out of the car, you gotta remind yourself to smile. Okay, we're gonna smile. I'm about to walk into this door, you're gonna smile. Say good morning. Say good morning. No, 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 no. Cause you're, some of you, Thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't know you personally, so I, you know this is, not, this is not direct to you from me. Some of you are fighting not to be angry and bitter like your parents were. And that thing is running behind you. And that thing is chasing you down. And you'll, you'll get an attitude a little bit, and then you'll remember that's just how like your mama was. That's just how your daddy ran people off. And you're fighting that because they were old and, and lonely. And I don't want that. People don't realize the struggle you have just to be kind because your whole family was mean. And you struggle. Why did you make me like this? Why? Why? Why did, 
Why am I like this? I just want to be better. I just want to do better. He said, I knew how I made you. I knew the plans I had for you. My grace. My grace is sufficient. I cannot explain the reason why God did some things in your life. I cannot explain the loss you may have suffered. I cannot explain it. I cannot explain how somebody who you loved walked away from you. I cannot explain it. I cannot explain why somebody you loved dearly, why God would take them early. I cannot explain that. I cannot explain why you got heartbreak from one of the only places you ever gave your heart to. I cannot explain, but my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. I am gonna show you how strong you are by how weak you are. I'm gonna come in. And some of us as men, you just want somewhere to collapse. Somewhere to collapse. Somewhere, Lord. I feel like collapsing. Nobody understands me. I'm on this island. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. There are more lonely men than you realize. Even in a room full of people, a house full of people, a family full of people, there are more men who are lonely. Because if I tell her, I don't want her to think less of me. If I tell him, he'll stab me in the back. If I talk to somebody else that think I was a fool, I, I have nowhere to turn. And I gotta go to work and still pay the bills. But I'm just lonely. Fix me, Lord. Fix me. Fix me. I'm sick of bleeding secretly. I'm sick of not being happy. I'm sick of faking like I'm happy. Fix me. I'm going to do something, we don't, we don't typically do it, but, but we're, we're here now. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, and, and I, I, I want you to come to this altar. If you say, Lord, I, that's my prayer. I need help to understand the grace that you have. Come on, I, we all family, I want you to join me down here. Fix me, Lord. I could be better. Fix me, Lord. I could do better. Fix me. If you just fix me, I could serve you better. If you just fix me, Lord. If you just fix my heart, Lord. If you just fix me, Lord. I'm sick of having to slip away and act like everything is okay, but then I slip away. And I want to cry out to you, but I can't because I'm in an office building and people will hear me. 
And then I try to do it at home, but then other people at home, so I can't really scream to you. So I got to go and find a pillow and scream in this pillow, Lord, fix me. Father, I pray. I pray, God, for every open heart, every open mind, every open spirit. For that person that's internally screaming, fix me, Lord. I pray, God, you would show them your grace. Today, God, today, God, you cleared your throat. And you're telling them, my grace is sufficient. I see the struggle. I know the kids haven't talked to you. I know you and your parents are at odds. I know you want things to be better. I know you and your sister not getting along. I know that. I know the illness that's in your body. I know that. I know you praying for a sick mama. I know that. I know you want your daddy to be better. I know that. My grace. My grace. I know you fighting a generational curse. I know that. I know that. I know Alzheimer's ran in your family. You secretly are running from it. I know that. I know high blood pressure ran in your family, and you secretly, you're fighting. I know that. Diabetes ran in your family, and you're fighting it. I know that. He said, if you will lift your hands and worship me, my grace, my grace, my grace is sufficient. My grace, my grace is sufficient. Grace. I'm going to give you peace. My peace, I give unto you. My peace. Peace. Peace in your spirit. Peace in your mind. Peace. Peace in your heart. Peace to deal with it. Peace. Peace. You never hear Paul talking about that thorn again. God cleared his throat. God is cleared his throat in your life. My peace, I bid unto you. My grace is sufficient. I didn't make you like everybody else. That's the reason I'm not answering that prayer like everybody else. Because I made you different. And I'm making you stronger in that weak place. I'm making you stronger in that weak place. I'm making you stronger in that weak place. I'm making you stronger from within. I'm building you from within. The glory of the Lord is in this place. The glory of the Lord is in this place. The glory, the glory, the glory. The glory, the glory, the glory, the glory of the Lord, 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 the glory, 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 it's the glory. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
He releases something on you. He said, you cannot approach me with your mind. You gotta approach me with your spirit. And if you open up your spirit, endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. I will open doors for you. No man can shut. Your eyes haven't seen. Your ears haven't heard. I'm waiting on you to get your mind out of my way. I'm waiting on you to get your mind out of my way. I am not man. I am God. And if you open up your spirit out of your belly, he's going to flow. He's going to flow. He's going to flow. And he's going to wake you up with revelation. You used to working out the body, but he wants to work out your spirit. Out of your belly, he's going to do something. There's a supernatural anointing that God's going to pour in your life and your family and your kids will rise up and call you blessed. In Jesus' name, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Come on. Come get this. Come get this. Come get that. The enemy, he wanted to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. for that pain. There's a purpose for that pain. Because I'm going to release a glory on your life. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. He saw you when you didn't think he did. He heard you when you didn't feel like he did. And nobody else understood you. You felt unheard. You felt unseen. He said, I saw you, son. I hear you. I did not leave you. Nothing you do will fulfill you like me. I am here. Worship me. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. This is his church. You're watching online, I release a glory and a fresh anointing in your life. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. 
The struggle is over. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. The torment is over. The torment is over. The torment is over. The torment of that thorn is over. The torment of the thorn is over. The torment of the thorn is over. I'm trying to shake it. Jessica, I know she's getting got the baby, but get Jessica in here. The torment of the thorn is over. The torment, the thorn would no longer have presence over your life. The thorn would no longer be your captor, captor. The thorn would no longer be your in, your warden. The Lord said, the thorn would no longer be the captain of your ship. The thorn may be there, but it won't affect you like it, it did. I'm telling you, it will not affect you like it once did. It will not affect you. And some of you, you're going to walk and you're going to look for that pain of that thorn. And it won't hurt like it once did. It won't hurt like it once did. You're going to look for that pain because you're used to that pain. You're used to touching it and hurting. But you're going to go to touch it and it won't bother you like it once did. The agony of the thorn is over. Will you allow me to just flow? Will you allow me to flow? Will you allow me to flow? He said as you're walking down that aisle, he's releasing a glory. He's releasing a fresh anointing on your life, Jesse. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. You've been painting on that smile. Come on. Walk into it. Don't be afraid. You've been too afraid to look at it head on. But God said, I'm going to pour out a glory on your life. I'm going to use that for my purpose. And as you walk before me, you are perfect. I'm going to establish you and make you great. And out of your belly shall flow. Come in. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You don't have to be strong for me. If you are weak for me, I'll be strong for you. I am too much God to see you and not care. I am too much God to see you and not heal you. I am going to heal you and I am going to flow in your life. The agony of the thorn is over. You hear me? It's over. And I press it to your hands. A fresh anointing. A fresh flow that you would not expect because you stopped expecting it. A fresh 